0: man Good morning, church. We are thankful to our great and amazing God for blessing us and granting to us this day and this opportunity to assemble, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's good to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We welcome you and we're thankful to those who are online as well. Let's go together together. Please to God in the word of prayer. A merciful and kind, gracious and wonderful God. Thank you for your amazing grace. Your name is matchless. Help us to hold you always in high esteem and in honor. Please strengthen us as we worship you today. Please remove our minds from worldly thought. Help us to focus only on you, your word, your will, and your way. Thank you for Jesus, your great son, in whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. It is because of the amazing sacrifice of the Godhead that we are allowed to be your children. And for that we thank you and pray these things in that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be thy will. Amen. Don't give up. We are running a, a race and times are difficult and challenging for the people of God because we are in a struggle. And the struggle is unique. It is a struggle of the soul. We are literally fighting for our souls. As you look over the course of history, we find that through time or throughout time, many have struggled in Christ. Many of the Jews struggled. Many people in humanity have struggled. Many have struggled far worse than we, and some less. We must always remember this. Jesus knows our struggle, and the individuality of it. Professionals will tell us that in order to succeed in life, you you have to have some kind of goal. Well, thinking about spiritual lives, we also have to have some type of goal. Turn to Philippians, please, chapter 3. Spiritual goals are equally important to our success in Christ. We have to remember to keep our focus on the prize. And the prize is heaven. Verse 20 of Philippians 3 The Bible says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Hebrews chapter 12. The gift of God is big enough. The load is light enough. And the reward is out of this world. Right? And so we have every reason to stay focused and fixated on our God. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and this sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, Who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. So that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Commitment. The saints were committed. Jesus was committed. And though life is tough, whether we're in Christ. Or outside of Christ. It is God who can turn hopeless situations into glorious ones. He can turn negative things into positive blessings. And we read the word of God. And we read about people who suffered in ways that were almost imaginable. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of outside of Jesus Christ, anyone who suffered more than Job. Turn to Job chapter 1. The book of Job was written for our encouragement and strength. We can go to that book to learn that there are some very important things the Bible teaches us. Some very powerful lessons that God gives to us. Here's what we learn. We learn that when you're going to serve God, and if you're going to serve the Lord, it cannot be based on people nor materialism. If our focus on God is based on people and or materialism, we will fail. Here's what the Bible tells us and teaches us. If we're going to have a relationship with God that is successful by and through the blood of Jesus and the power of God, it has to be based on three things, and only three things. Faith, hope, and love. If you base it on anything else, you're going to fall. You can't base it on your feelings, can't base it on what's going on today we can't base it on what we think is going to happen tomorrow we cannot base it on the pandemic we cannot base it on anything other than faith hope and love and faith and hope will one day be gone but love will be there through eternity you see that's what job had and that's what job held on to Faith, hope, and love. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So chapter 1. All of Job's materialism, material things, and his loved ones, his people, are removed. Save his wife. If Job's hope in God was based on materialism and people, Job would have given up. Verse 20. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. It cannot be based on the flesh. Material things. If it had been, Job would have given up. Chapter 2, verse 7. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a potsherd to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity, curse God, and die? But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. So here's one thing we learn. Satan doesn't give up. I mean, you you don't have enough for him to take. He's going to take it all if he can. And if your love and your relationship with God is based on what Satan can take from you, you're going to fail. If your relationship with God is based on people and things and feelings, you're not going to make it. Job is in, at this point, tremendous pain, agony, loneliness, and despair. He was miserable in a way that we can't describe. Chapter 3. Verse 1, Afterward, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. Job said, Let the day perish on which I was to be born, and the night which said a boy is conceived. May that day be darkness. Let not God care for it, nor light shine on it. Let darkness and black gloom claim it. Let a cloud settle on it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. Verse 11. Why did I not die at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. But this does not end there. Because Job's hope and relationship with God was not based on materialism. It was not based on on his feelings or or on material things or people. It's based on God. Faith, hope and love. Because Job knew that somehow some way God would take a gloomy day and turn it into a bright and beautiful one. Look at chapter 5. Verse 8. But as for me. I would seek God. I would place my cause before him. Who does great and unsearchable things. Wonders without number. He gives rain on the earth. And sends, sends water on the fields. So that he sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety he's he's able to muster up this this confidence in God because hope brings relief when you're trusting in God when you need it most God is always there hope is what keeps us going. Even when we want to give up. Verse 17. Behold how happy is the man. Whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline. Of the almighty. For he inflicts pain. And gives w- relief. He wounds and his hands also heal. For six troubles He will deliver you. Even in seven, evil will not touch you. In famine, he will redeem you from death. And in war, from the power of the sword. And what Job does not know, chapter chapter 19 please. What he does not know yet is that Satan has been after him. And Satan is plaguing him with evil and wickedness pain, and suffering, and sorrow, and difficulty. He believes all of this is coming from God, and God alone. And yet, his faith in God, his hope in God, and his love for God is unalterable. Because he realizes his position in life. He is but a man, the clay, and that God is the potter. Verse 23. All that my words were written, all that they were inscribed in a book, that with an iron stylus and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last He will take His stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet my from my flesh I shall see God. Brethren, if your relationship with the Lord is not based on faith, hope, and love, you're not going to be able to see life as God expects us to turn to psalm please chapter 33 Because something we have to recognize and surrender to is this that death The the universe the throne of god things in the heavenlies, etc Those are out of our control. We don't have the control over those things So some learn to accept the things that we cannot accept or the things that we cannot change rather Some just give up. Some just give up. Our hope in Christ is alive if we would but trust in Him and have this hope. Hope is real. Hope is alive. It's the hope in God that keeps us together as a family. That keeps our minds straight. That helps us to focus. It is your hope. It is your faith. It is your love. If you just look at your home and say, look at me, you're going to fail. If you look around you and say, look at all the friends I have, you are going to fail in Christ. If it is not based on hope, faith, and love. We fail. But in Christ, because of our faith, because of our hope, and because of our love for God, we cannot lose. Listen to Psalm 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope for His loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let thy loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in Thee. Because when you have hope, It doesn't matter how bad it may become in this life. You know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know that wherever it is that you are going, God is already there. And not only is God there, God is carrying us through. And we know this, in hope and in trusting faith in our love for God, this life is not it. There's another life. And that's what we're striving after, and that's where we're striving towards. To be with God forevermore. Psalm 71. We're talking about having our relationship with God in such a way to where we never, ever give up. Last week we talked about our relationship with God in our vantage point, or our view. Instead of looking at life from a parallel perspective, look at it from a heavenly one. Look down upon the earth from the throne of God. Look up to the heavens from the earth and recognize that God knows what He is doing. I may not like it all the time, but I know that He's always right. Psalm 71, beginning at verse 1, In thee, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In thy righteousness deliver me and rescue me. Incline thine ear to me and save me. Be thou to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. Thou hast given commandment to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the grasp of the wrongdoer and the ruthless man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my confidence from my youth by thee I have been sustained from my birth thou art he who took me from my mother's womb my praise is continually of thee when you recognize the relationship that we have with God that he truly is our rock he is our hope we can't do this without God if you look out into the world my parallel perspective or vantage point, you'd say, yeah, but Tony, you know, the people in the world, they have jobs and they have material things and they have relationships, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they're doing all right. We're talking about the soul, brethren. We're talking about the soul. God is good to everybody. We're talking about the soul. Do you realize that those in the world who refuse to come to Christ, if they're living and hoping in this life, this is the best it's ever going to be for them? Listen to verse 14. But as for me, I will hope continually, and I will praise thee more and more. My mouth shall tell of thy righteousness and of thy salvation all day day long, for I do not know the sum of them. I will come with the mighty deeds of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, thine alone. In other words, the psalmist says, I'm going to tell everybody about how great God is. Because that's truly who He is. Greatness. This morning I asked, turn to Hebrews please, chapter 6. How's your hope? How is your your hope in God today? And then I might ask, What exactly are you hoping for? How is your hope? Where is that relationship of hope in your life, in your personal life, in relationship to God? How is your hope? The Hebrew writer in chapter 6, in verse 16, talks about this, He says, For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as a confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, in order that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge and laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. This hope in God as an anchor of the soul. In other words, life is going to be tough. And we're going to be swayed a little bit. But if you've got the anchor and you're holding on to the anchor of your soul, Jesus. If you're hanging on to God, you're not going to go too far. And you're going to be alright. And you're going to find satisfaction. But you've got to have hope. You have to have faith. And you have to love God more than you love this world. More than we love ourselves. And that's the struggle, brethren. That's the struggle. To put God before my children put God before my wife, to put God before my checkbook, to put God before everything. That's where we struggle. But that should not be our struggle, because God is in control of all things. In the worst, one of the worst catastrophic events in the Hebrew world, the Jews suffered the Babylonian captivity. And it was an amazing devastation. And when you turn to Lamentation, uh, right after Jeremiah, you turn there, and, and, and he's, he's lamenting over what he has seen. When you read the book and you and you listen to everything that Jeremiah is saying about, about what he's looking at and what he watched, it was, it was a horrific scene. It was a terrible scene. It's kind of interesting that, that the majority of time that we think about hope, we think about it when difficult times come. brother. you need to have hope and faith and love in the good times so that when the difficult times come, there is no need for a transition. It's just who you are. It needs to be who you are. A man of, of faith, hope, and love for God. A hope in God. A faith in God. It's all about God. And if that's who you are, when difficult times come, you don't have to transition all of a sudden. You don't have to try to be something that you're not. You can just be who you are. A humble servant of Jesus Christ. So he's lamenting. And Jeremiah writes in verse verse 19, he says, Remember my affliction and my wandering The wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. For as compassions never fail, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. When you sing that song, do you believe that one? We sing it, don't we? Are they just words that go, do you believe it? The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I have hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the person who seeks Him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Do you recognize that in the book of Job? Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. The the lamentations, Jeremiah is saying, oh, God is great every day. And they're saying this in the worst times of their lives. Can you say that in the worst time of your life? How is your hope? Where is your confidence in Christ? We're going to begin to wrap this up. Turn to First John, chapter one. The first thing that has to happen is this: if you are not a child of God, in order to have this, this hope, this faith, this love, you've got to get it right with God. You have to surrender to God, and we do that by hearing His word and believing it, and having this trusting faith. And having repentance or godly sorrow in your heart. And then you make a confession that you believe Jesus, Lord, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you're baptized in the water and you're resurrected anew. And you begin your journey with Christ Jesus. And as you are on this journey, there's a certain walk that you have to have. For all of us as God's children. And as our struggles come, as our difficulties come, as life happens. We got to continue to walk with Jesus, but we're going to find ourselves sometimes falling short. To that, John says, beginning in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And His Word is not in us. Walking the walk of faith. Believing and knowing that God is faithful. If you have sin in your life this morning, you're a member of the church, and you like to make those things right with God, you, you can do that. If you're, if you're a member of the church, you repent. You ask God to forgive you. The elders will pray with you and pray for you. If you have special needs, special requests on your heart, on your mind, you, you ask God, you, you, you ask God to help you. And if you need the saints to pray with you, make it known and we'll pray with you. All of us together, if you make it known. We're walking this walk of faith and we're striving to be what God wants us to be. And life is challenging, but we can never, ever give up. And that's why we're all here. right? I I like to call, and I love it because I think it's true. I think biblically it's true. We're just looking at a hospital full of sick people. And we all need Jesus. Not one of us more than the other. We all equally need Jesus. Don't look to anyone's financial status. Don't look to their home. Don't look at people. Look to Jesus. Let's close in Philippians Chapter 3. We're going to begin it, if you will, uh, down in verse 13. To surrender to God. In the end, the text says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We just have to keep on keeping on, right? I encourage you to remain confident in God because, brethren, we can do this. We are doing this, and we will continue to do this in Christ. I encourage you never to give up on God because God has never given up on you. Nor will he ever give up on you. God is good. Right? All the time. Thank you this morning for your gift to me. In our relationship with God, you've not given up. I encourage you not to ever give up. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. The lesson is yours. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you over and over again, for your blessed gift in Christ Jesus, our Lord.